Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom, talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is, awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the awkward mom stage starts now. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we sit down and talk to April Davis. She's a dating expert, a matchmaker, and CEO of Luma Matchmaking. She's the expert you want for all things dating, love, and relationships. She developed Luma Matchmaking in 2010. Her company matches millionaires, celebrities, executives, and professionals who are all looking for long-lasting love. She was also a celebrity matchmaker for Bravo's hit TV show, The Real Housewives of Orange County. She has an 83% success rate, and her company exponentially grows each year passing. Her company, Luma, has become one of the leading matchmaking services, boasting over 25,000 elite singles. Luma just celebrated its 10th anniversary and has grown to a nationwide firm matching clients in 40-plus states across the U.S., and will also be 2020 INC 5000 fastest growing company. We're so excited to sit down and talk with April today. So get ready and listen in as we get all the deets on matchmaking and relationships. Okay, can you see that it's recording at the top? Lola's recording the call. Okay, cool. Skype is not my friend today. Oh, you're okay. (laughs) Which yeah, is usually me having issues. So I'm glad that uh, I'm I'm glad you were able to work it out. It's been a long time since I used Skype. We're here now, so I'm glad that it worked out finally. <laughs> thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it's I think it's good for both of us because we're both kind of in two different realms of relationship right now. So you kind of I feel like touch on both of them. But it kind of gives our listeners a little bit of either side, where mm-hmm. she's dating and I'm married. So it kind of helps everyone a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. It's on both sides of the relationship. And I'm married to a divorce attorney, so. Oh, okay. More perspective. That's so, that's so interesting. That's like literally two different sides of the coin. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the matchmaker and divorce attorney. So that what are the odds? What yeah. are the odds? That's like something out of one of those Netflix movies. Right? <laughs> we just need a we always say that we just need a therapist in between us so then we'll have everything covered. So. Yeah, right? So we give like an introduction for you at the beginning of the podcast, but why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself and kind of how you got into matchmaking mm-hmm. and that sort. Yeah, well, I started the company back in 2010, 
And I have actually been matchmaking my entire life. I mean, the first couple I put together that ended up getting married was when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. wow. My background's in business. And then, you know, so I went to college and worked in corporate America in process improvement. And, And then also my husband's a divorce attorney. So talking to him all the time about relationships and what works and what doesn't and everything kind of gave me some uh, different insight. And then I just decided to, you know, take my hobby and turn it into a full-time you know, company and a full-time career. And so the, for the first year, I just was doing it, you know, on the side and um, didn't even charge people and so was just building up my network database. And then eventually, um, it, you know, I went full-time with it. And now we're an Inc. 5000 company. We've grown nationwide and been helping people all across the country. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been an adventure, that's for sure. <laughs> so, okay, we always like to have a little icebreaker question for our guests. So, Chrissy, do you want to ask your icebreaker question? Sure, I will ask it. Think back to a time that you felt transformed how did you change and why? I think, you know, going, it wasn't just, you know, an overnight process, I would say, you know, in building this company, there was always a part of me that, you know, had this foundation, my personality type and everything. But I think that by having this opportunity to have this and having this company, I'm able to really fulfill my potential and, um, and be, be who I am and be, you know, be true to that. Whereas working in corporate America, you're expected to kind of conform and, you know, do what you're told and be a certain way. And I always felt like I was, you know, kind of trapped and, um, not really being authentic (laughs) with myself there because, you know, I, I just couldn't share, things about myself with those people because it's just, I would be looked at weird or like an outsider. And, you you know, there's just certain things that they expect of um, people that are in that work environment. And I was definitely different. So by um, being able to, you know, go into my own company and do my own thing, I really am able to be myself and, and let that actually just see where that has really transpired in with, what that's transpired into and you know seeing a different whole different side of myself really is is out there and it's transparent I think it's really neat because you it seems like from transitioning from corporate America and actually turning your passion into a career it seems like you're able to really shine now in your field because it's something that you're very passionate about yeah yeah Absolutely. And doing what I love. I mean, I truly love it. And then I'm able to help people. It's, it's always, you know, they say, you know, do what you love. You never work a day in your life, but it's, it's definitely work. I mean, every, anyone that's done online dating knows that it's work. (laughs) Oh, I I'm doing it now. And I feel like I was, I always tell her, I said, I feel like sometimes I get what I call to be like tender fatigue um, because it's just, it's so first of all it's very overwhelming it's a lot of it's so much swiping and I feel like very minimal conversation so it gets to be it does it feels like work and sometimes I just don't even bother because it's really it can be 
it can be tiring and can be overwhelming all in the same thing where I think it's supposed to just be fun. <laughs> yeah. And at the same, at the same time though, it's, it is not really, it doesn't really feel, I think oftentimes for a lot of people, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, you're making those genuine connections and there's, right. always, you know, there's always somebody else that you can go and swipe right on and, you know, no one yep. is really truly connecting. And, mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for a real relationship, it's definitely difficult to find one on there, on that site. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like I haven't done the online dating thing in in like 12 years now. And it was, it was like just (laughs) beginning to be a thing for me. So yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that side of, of the world. (laughs) Sounds terrifying actually. So I don't know if if I want to know that side of the world. It can be really fun if you take the expectation out of it and you just want to go on a lot of dates or just kind of like have a lot of random short conversations, it can be fun to fill your time. But if you are looking for anything deeper, even like maybe consistent, like five dates consistent, sometimes that like, that's not really there at all. Yeah. Yeah. The deep connections definitely. I mean, they do, they do classify themselves as an entertainment company. So all these days, sure. I think people think, well, this is a means, you know, it's like Amazon. I can just order up my person. And right. <laughs> that's, first of all, that's not how relationships work. But second, it's just, that's not the way that it's going to happen. If, I mean, that's not the best way for it to happen, at least. I mean, right. So as someone with, a, like, with a matchmaking company, would you say that online dating is not, like, as a whole, not a way to find a serious relationship? You know, I, I think there's definitely a place for it. Some pe- people do have good luck. And I think it's a lot there's, it's a lot less than what they would lead you to believe with all their advertisements. And stuff. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've looked into it. I can't remember what it is. But at one point, it was like less than 5% of relationships start from online dating. And the number one wow. way to meet somebody was through someone else. I know those stat, that that stat has gone up and stuff. I haven't seen it lately. But um, I know back then when I heard that 5% that you would see all these sites, you know, touting, oh, yeah, one in four relationships. Start, or, and it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's... There's definitely a place for it. I suggest it to people all the time to try it if that's something that um, would be, if that they'd be open to. But of course, still the number one way to meet someone is through someone else. So whether it's your own personal network or retaining a service, you know, there's, there's ways to go about it. I didn't know that. I just learned something today. Yeah. Okay, okay, so why does the world need the gifts you bring? Well, I think it is a gift to have the ability to connect people. And it's really it's really cool because it's one of the easiest things that you can do to make a huge impact on somebody's life. It's just by making an introduction. I mean, if you think about the people that you've met and that are in your life, you know, somebody introduced you to them, that, you know, just making that introduction is not... You know, that act is not that um, entirely that difficult, but it's it's made a huge impact in someone's in someone's life. So um, I just think that being able to 
read people and get inside their minds because, you know, oftentimes our friends will set us up with people that they think are great and who they would maybe want to date, but not necessarily are a good match for us. And so and being, being as a matchmaker, our job is to get inside, you know, the client's head and determine who would be a good match for that client, a good complement for their personality. Yeah. And yeah. I, as someone who's as recently someone divorced, can I ask you, what do you suggest for a person yes, who for maybe feels like they can't trust themselves at like making a choice? What would you su- suggest for a person that is trying to get back out there and is a little bit shaky knees? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it is, it's important to recognize that, you know, this is something relationships are extremely important and something that I think should be given the amount of time and energy and respect that we would other areas of our life. So for example, with your career, you probably, maybe you went to school and you studied, you, you invested, you paid money to learn so you could get a job and then in your job, you worked your butt off to work your way up. And you know, and that's, you know, that's one area of your life and maybe your spirituality and religion is another area and you go to church every week and you pray every night or whatever it is. And be, so you can be a good, you know, spiritual or religious person. When it comes to relationships, we just kind of learn on the job. <laughs> we just kind of bump around and, oh, that didn't work. So <laughs> to the next one. And I think that it's important to take that time to reflect, do your homework, you know, whether it's, reading um, books from people that are therapists, relationship therapists, and um, really are watching videos, listening to podcasts, whatever it is that uh, people that are specialists in their field and that can give you some insight and help you in any, any way. So if you, if you're sick, you go to the doctor, if you want to get in shape, you go to the gym. So it's like for this area of your life, do what it, what it, what you need to in order to get into a better place. So you can be in a good relationship and stuff. So just looking for the next person without doing any reflection or homework and you know working on self, I think is not a good idea. And I think it's you definitely it's this is a very important thing in your life. So it'd be it makes sense to invest in it and do what you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah, all for me, all relationships yeah. are weird like it's hard this is the longest relationship I've ever been in which is the only marriage I've ever been in so for me it's trying to figure out like trying to navigate adulthood in a marriage because I got married really really young do you have like have like an age that you feel is too young for marriage, like you should just steer clear aside from teenagers. Yeah. You know, our parents, they, a lot of them got married right out of high school and in college, you know, in the early twenties. And I always say that people change, you, you become almost a totally different person every seven years. So if you think about who you were at 14 to 21, totally different person, 21 to 28. How about 35 and 21 to, or 20 to 30, you're totally different. You're a totally different person. And to choose one's life partner at 21, it's just, that's a big decision to make. And even, I mean, I see people that, you know, they're divorced and they're 50 now. They're a totally different person than they were when they were, you know, 20 or 30 years old when they chose their, the, their ex-husband or wife. 
and you know it's it's exciting because you get you're at a place now you can start over at that point but it's important to think about what are the long-term things to focus on it's not just about oh i want somebody that's you know attractive you know, has a nice car you know it's in, it's really it's about their values and right. making sure right. that those values align with yours long term but I don't think most 20 year olds have that foresight to even think about those types of things. They're, they're thinking about different kinds of things than they would maybe if they're 30. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times we end up divorced. So, but you know, there are, of course, there's people that do make it work and they did pick a good person and they've grown together as they've you know, grown up. So it's, there's, there's always exceptions. There's always people that can make it work, but generally, I just I think that we're seeing now more people getting married that are over and having children over the age of thirty. So it's, I think what just a couple of years ago it was like the first time that we had more women over the age of thirty that were having kids, and that was the first time because usually it was like around twenties and stuff. So it had really truly grown. And I just know from my, you know, from my experience, that's what I'm seeing. Is 30 is the new 20s where people are typically now around 30. That's when they're they're starting to get serious and settle down. 34, and I feel like I'm I'm a completely different person than I was when I got married. And I feel like I'm kind of like coming into my own as a different person overall as a whole. So now I'm trying to figure out if I know that I'm going to change and mature, should I be dating up in that way of somebody who's already more, much more mature than me and like older than me? Yeah, I mean, it always, it depends on the person. Everybody's different, but I would say, you know, be open to it for sure. And consider somebody that, um, you don't want to close the door. So there's there's guys that are younger than you that might be really mature and um, might be a good fit for you. But I would say having the door open to guys that are up to like maybe 10 years, at least 10 years older than you, and maybe just being open-minded on what that person's, what the package, the full package could be versus, you know, it's so easy to judge by a book, especially with Tinder when we're just, you know, swiping, <laughs> swiping along. So if you can more so focus on the values and, okay, what are, what is it that you want from your next relationship? And I just went through this with um, an, another lady and she was always dating down. I mean, she was, I think just stuck in this belief that she didn't deserve anything more. And I said, okay, so well, at least let's just, put this standard in place. What are you bringing to the table? And, you know, she had multiple degrees. She owned her own house. She had a, <laughs> has her own car. She's responsible, you know, pays all her bills. And, you know, it's just, and she takes care of herself, is in shape. I'm like, okay, that at the very least, that's what you should expect from the next, from whoever it is that you're with. You know, he can't live with his parents. He needs to have a good career and, you know, have his own car and all those, those kinds at the very least. That's where your standards should be at. And, you know, it's really, it's just figuring out ultimately what, what's important to you, what your values are, and then finding that person that fits those. And you may not be able to recognize it, on that profile picture on Tinder, right? Oh, you no, know, of course not. You have to peel back the layers and see 
what kind of person they are, truly are. I often feel like women get guilted for having even a tiny bit of expectation. So I think it maybe is a reason sometimes where women date down because you're made to feel bad for having any kind of standard, especially high standards. Yeah, I can see that for people. But I mean, if you... You know what you want, you go after it. Just like anything in life. Okay, you wanted you guys wanted to do this podcast. You took the steps you needed in order to make it happen. You know, you want to lose weight. You're gonna go to the gym every day. You're gonna do what it takes to make it happen. So it's just it's if this is something that's important to you, having a good relationship, it's not just about finding that person. Sometimes people think that, oh, I just need to find the perfect person that checks all the boxes and they get obsessed with, you know, basically filtering out all the ones that are knowns instead of creating the kind of relationship that they ultimately want. And that's more so in your power versus just finding somebody that checks a bunch of boxes because you're always going to be disappointed <laughs> if that's what your expectations are. I feel like that just sounds more approachable too. It's, Oh, it's much, much more doable. <laughs> it's a relationship. You're dealing with humans, right? And we all have our different tastes. We all have our different perspectives. And part of the beauty of a relationship, I think, is being with somebody that is different than you and bringing a different perspective that you can learn from and grow from. So. We were talking the other day because we were listening to some um, other podcasts that were talking about like relationships and we just had a conversation with our friends in the group chat about relationships. Do you feel like breaks are a healthy thing in a relationship? And if so, what is like a healthy break versus just like more of a breakup, but you just don't want to say that you want to break? Okay, why do you need a break? You know, and because I just, if going on a break and then with the expectation you're going to get back together, I don't see what good could come of it because what's going to, going to happen is something's going to happen you're gonna they're gonna sleep with someone else or you will or there's gonna be some kind of drama and that's gonna be one more obstacle for you to get over it seems to me that by calling it a break that just is a a way to try to get out of the like slowly get out of the relationship instead of just ripping the band-aid off right you know, right you need a break you probably need to just break up what I yeah. mean. both of us thought, but some yeah. people yeah. have the notion that you know taking 10 breaks in a five-year relationship <laughs> is healthy. Yeah, that's I think that's probably why you need to keep taking breaks is because it's not healthy. <laughs> so <laughs> ultimately you just gotta rip the bandit off and move on. So when does a compromise in a relationship then become more of a person, one person getting their way and the other person kind of just, meh, submitting. Yeah. In every relationship, there's this power struggle, right? So initially in the first phase of a relationship, you, there's that kind of lustful butterfly stage where, you know, your hormones, everything changes. You just basically, you're so attracted to each other, but eventually that wears off and you move into the next phase. And that's what we call more of kind of the, the push and pull. It's kind of a power struggle type of phase. And there, it doesn't have to be equal. You know, both people don't have to have equal power in the relationship. It just right. has to right. be good for them. So if they, if one of them 
doesn't feel like it's in there being heard or they're, you know, they are, they just, they feel like they have no power and that's not a healthy relationship. Right. Right. So right. there are going to be times, I'll just, I mean, for example, I'll take my relationship. For the most part, I get, we get to, do, we do whatever I want. You know, I get my way <laughs> probably 90% of the time. There's going to be times where he wants, he wants something. And then I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's fine. Because he's actually speaking up. And so I know it means something to him. So he, right. he cares. And right. But for the most part, you just, it's easy ones. Like, okay, but you can, sometimes I don't even want, don't want to make all the decisions. You know, he's a He just is so easy going. But, but it's just, you know, you're, you're, these are, we're people. So, and um, it's figuring out what works for you, for you guys. And then always, I think the biggest thing is communicate, of course, is communicating. And you know, forgiving, so I understand coming from a place to and that's giving people the benefit of the doubt that you know they're not trying to hurt you or do basically screw you over. And so right. I think oftentimes, right. we have this victim mentality and we think everybody's out to get us, and um, it's not that's not always the case, <laughs> so it's all about perspective, right. Yeah. And so, you're a matchmaker. Did you make your Did you make your own match with your husband, or did you were you matchmade? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually I met started the company. So oh, I basically, I matched myself. So here, okay, well, you guys will like this because I I met him and uh, I just I liked him. I was thinking more of a friendship because. I just I saw some qualities in him I really liked. I wasn't in a place that I even really wanted a relationship, but I knew I wanted him in my life in some capacity. And so I asked him to talk. I asked him to like, hey, let's get together and, and talk. So most women think that they want a guy to make the first move, but you know if you want something, you have to go after it. And if you don't, somebody else will. Especially right. women. If there's a guy that right. is you know, worth anything, there's some other one, there's some woman that is willing to put in the effort and we'll, we'll get him and go, go after him. Especially now with like the Me Too movement and everything, men are scared to, they don't want to be creeps and they don't want to you know, make somebody, you know, they don't want to make somebody uncomfortable. So you have to make it okay and safe for them to approach you or to go with you or, you know, just make the first move yourself. So then, then it will happen. Right. The men that I met first do seem genuinely uh, taken aback and mostly excited that I took the first step in those situations. So I will say that honestly, it's paid off with some of some very attractive men. Like they're surprised that I even did it because they just they say a lot of people match with them and don't ever say anything. So it kind of gives me points a little bit sometimes just for you know being a little bit bold, I guess. I'd rather be in control of my future, and I'd yeah. rather be the one that's doing yeah. selecting than just leaving it up to chance that he might find me and he might, you know, whatever, take the initiative. And that sounds great romantic and everything, but I think, and he can still pursue you after you meet, but you want to at least give him the opening so then to allow him to pursue you. Because otherwise, they just, it's it's scary now, especially now when he's for, and women, you, as a woman, you know, you almost feel like when you're out in the general public, kind of, we have, we, 
you know, we carry our resting bitch case because we don't mm-hmm. want to be bothered. We do get bothered plenty. And so it's hard to let the good ones in. So then what do you what do you do for that? You have to do, that means you have to take the initiative and go after the guy that you do want and open the door so then it allows him to pursue you. Right. So, Chrissy, didn't you have a relationship question? Or a dating question, I should say. I've integrated most of them into the interview because she's just sharp with the questions. She's quick. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I did have one question. Again, as somebody who's like recently divorced and also dating, I ran into something with with someone where I I think they may have been like a little bit offended that I didn't want them to meet my children because I have young children. And so as someone who matches people and helps people with dating, it how I, how do I approach just being, I feel like I'm just pretty polite about it. I feel like it's cut and dry, obviously, if they're not your kids and we're not serious, you don't necessarily need to meet them. But is there some way for me to approach it without seeming offensive? Like, you know, they're small and I don't want to confuse them. I would just say that this is your rule and it has nothing to do with them. This is your rule. It has you know, anyone and everyone that you meet, this is the rule that everybody has to abide by. So that is, you know, whether it's six months of, you know, being in a monogamous relationship or, you know, a year, whatever it is that your rule is. And just telling them this is, you know, this is, this is my rule. It's nothing against you. It's just, this is how it is. And, you know, it's, it's, I know you're great, but I just, before, I don't want to be someone that ends up introducing a bunch of people to my kids because I am, this yeah. is where I am. And not quite frankly, if you can't understand that, then boy, bye. <laughs> like next, I would just. Right. Yeah. Right. right. You, you, it's like, okay. why press why it press? anyway? It's a weird point to press, but yeah, it's like, he seemed like, oddly yeah, offended. Like, like it was something against him, like it was which it wasn't personal at all. It's it just what I personally I, do with my kids. <laughs> I would say I have a rule. This is it. Nothing to do with That's you. That. It was That's that. And it will be around if you're not around, <laughs> you know, after right. <laughs> with saying, with talking about rules, do you feel like there's one or more than one deal breaker, so to speak, in any relationship that like, if it comes up, you should go the other way? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's millions and everybody has their own. My, the thing that I come across is sometimes we have too many and we put too many um, things that are basically barriers on people. And so I always say you should have three three needs, three wants, three nice-to-haves, and three deal-breakers. And you can establish what those, you know, in order of importance to you, of course, are your needs and your wants, nice-to-haves, and then, of course, the deal-breakers. And, you know, whether it's, you know, religion or they want to have kids – you know, is it really a deal breaker if he's, you know, under six feet tall or is it more of a deal breaker if, you know, he's an atheist and you're a strong Christian? You know, what what is really important? He has a, a terrible problem with short men. No, that is not true. The guy that I'm casually seeing is the same height as me. We are the same height. Okay. okay. I have put height into my nice to have pile because it is just, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you how hard it is to find a man that is tall with all the good things, okay? Yeah. Sometimes they're just 5'10 with all the good things. It's, I have had to put height in the nice-to-have column, okay? 
there, I mean, it can become, people can become more attractive to you as you get to know them, as you, relationships can grow and evolve. And then you won't even notice it. I had a, I dated a guy that had had a gap in his teeth and when I was younger and then um, we dated for three years and then I saw him, you know, when we broke up, I saw him like 10, 15 years later and I saw the gap. I had totally forgotten about it. And then I, after seeing him, you know, after 10 years and I saw him, I'm like, oh my like, God, wow, he does have that gap. <laughs> <laughs> I had totally, for, you know, when you think back and you try to, you remember what they look like. I didn't remember that at all. It was like almost shocking to see him like, oh my gosh, that's different. <laughs> Right. I remember it looked like, huh? That's all not, right. That's not what I remembered. That's not what I paid attention to or cared about when we were dating. So, yeah. It's, it's really, and yeah, initially when you first meet them, that was probably, that was striking and something that I had thought about. Really, again, it's focusing on the more important things. And you can be, you may be surprised by what you will, what, what ends up being, or who ends up being attractive to you. In, even though you may have thought initially that it wasn't a potential. I've seen it time and time again with the clients that we're, we're setting up, you know, where people that they thought they couldn't, you know, date someone for whatever reason. And then as they get to know each other, as they get closer, that relationship and the connection grows. You don't care about all those things. And I'm about to sign up. I want to get match made. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing with the, the shorter guys, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that are their catches because so many other women have been like, no. So you can find some really good ones. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of really handsome ones too. They're just not tall. And that's what I said on our last podcast. I said, listen, if you are dating and you want to date men, there are plenty of men, but they're all under the six foot filter. Like if you yeah. have your filter set to six foot and above, you're going to miss them. You're going <laughs> to miss them because it's- a lot of them are five ten. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous how it's like some tiny percent are actually taller than six feet. I forget what yeah. it is. It's like, I want to say it's like less than 10% of the population. I'm doing the field research, girl. I see it. They're not there. Okay. I'm just saying when you see somebody that's six two, you're like, oh, wow. Cause it's just not, it's not as common not as we would think that it is. It's just really not. I feel like I've seen more tall girls than tall guys, really. Oh like, yeah. We're out here. <laughs> The five, um, ten women? Yeah, yeah. we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the average man's height is, is it five, nine? And women is, I think, five, six or five, five or something like that. Yeah. So here, I just, I Googled it. So about 14 or 15 percent of adult U.S. men are over six feet tall. So 14 percent. Oh. That is so tiny. Like, if you talk about the total population. Yeah. Think about your age group and then, okay, it's going to, you have to cut that at least in half because half of them are, you know, they're in a relationship. So they're unavailable. Oh my gosh. So now you're looking for like 7%. <laughs> Whoa, 7% of tall men. Better take that filter off. Just saying, have, you got to set to six foot and above. You better take it off. Yeah. I know a lady, she's six, three and her boyfriend's like maybe five, 10. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they're having a baby they're totally in love it's really yeah and see I think that you you really hit the nail on the head with the nice to have column because Mm -hmm. a lot of the time I know for myself personally six two and up was in my must-have column (laughs) and then I was just like I'm dating absolutely no one like I'm dating nobody (laughs) there's nobody for me to date I'm not going on any dates 
And um, I had to change it. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not mandatory. Like, obviously, it would be nice. I do want to wear heels every once in a while. But it's not the most important thing. And when I think about other things that are super important, like height goes into the nice to have. So I think that a lot of people don't consider like, okay, yeah, this is something I would love to have, but it's not the, it's not the most important thing. So I think what you said about being flexible and open, those things just really carry on and they translate for me because I feel like I definitely had a rude dating awakening. (laughs) I had a, someone who tell me one time he was a shorter guy. And he told me he's like, he didn't mind dating taller women. He's like, it's fine. I can stand on my wallet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, if he's, still in your, if he's still in your database, you can just go ahead. I'll email you tonight. <laughs> he's, he's confident. <laughs> so his confidence is from different places. <laughs> I mean, but confidence is attractive. So it's like, I think. You know, a guy that was a little shorter that really had some swagger. Yeah. I don't know. That's how it just turned down. A lot of them do. So (laughs) it's good to be open anyway. Like you, too. I mean, a lot of them, they want to date older women. Or, sorry, not older, taller women. So (laughs) that's, so that could be, I mean, another bonus for you. Like they are proud of their beautiful, tall woman. So, hey, okay. (laughs) I'm gonna just take all of the restricting filters off of my um off of my dating app and just see what flows into well, my Yeah. <laughs> I mean really the most important things are those that are there is no there's no question asked on Tinder about it. You know, it's, right. it's, that's the thing um, because it's all superficial stuff. It's like right. it's height and like where you're from and how old you are, and that's it. Or no, how close, how close you want the person to be. Right. Proximity. Right. But yeah. The important stuff is not, it really isn't there. Yeah, so I think maybe you're on the wrong site. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think I need to get with, like, an actual, that's when she told me we were having an, a matchmaker. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to sign up. <laughs> I've heard good things about Hinge and Bumble, too, for more relationship-minded people, as well as, of course, um, eHarmony. So those ones, especially eHarmony, that I've heard the best things about that, that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, eHarmony, I feel like, is where I have, like, three, I think, three friends that actually have relationships from eHarmony, so. It's more substance there. Yeah. Yeah, people, it's not just everybody just, like, yeah, hooking up. Yeah, that's basically what Tinder is. It's, like, dating TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> So for like, how do you, how does your company work? So like, how would someone go about getting a matchmaker rather than just trying it out on the dating apps? Yeah, anyone can just go to, directly on our site and fill out their contact information on our form. And uh, by doing so, they'll be entering themselves into our, our system and they'll be able to talk to a matchmaker. And the matchmaker will determine if there's somebody that we could take on even as a client or if they're just somebody that wants to be considered as a match to one of our clients, then they could do that as well by filling out that form. So it's, our website is www.lumasearch.com, and LUMA stands for Luxury Matchmaking. Okay. So, like, when when do you notice that people come to a matchmaker? Like, how many dating apps and like how many dates have they been on before they're just like you know what forget it please do it for me everybody's different of course but um I think 
and some people just don't want to put themselves out on those sites because they, you know, maybe they have a career that they don't want to, I guess, expose themselves on. They want their employees to see them or something like that. So they like, I've seen that too on there where it's like, you know, I don't have pictures because I'm a professional man. If you do want to have pictures of me, just message me and I'll send them, but you know, I have a professional job or whatever the case may be. So I can't be on here like this. Right. Right. And so there's, there's that, but you also, okay. So for those guys, by the way, you probably have experienced it or, you know, but you got to watch out for those guys. They might be married or something too. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of married people. Well, but what I'm starting to realize is though there are a lot of married people, there's this thing that I'm starting to see where it's like ethically non-monogamous. So they're telling you that they are married, but they're allowed to be on Tinder. Like that's the new vibe. Yeah. There's the open relationship. Right. So I mean, there's that whole thing. So it's like you want, (laughs) yeah, if you just want to hook up and that's okay with you, then that's definitely an option. So with like when someone comes and they sign up, they, do you kind of like set up the dates or do you like give people information or contact information and then they kind of set up the dates themselves they're just like their matches so we get to know our clients we ask a ton of questions we meet with them and then we go into our own um, database and we'll vet people on our clients behalf so it's kind of like we're doing that pre-date for them (laughs) and then we will set them up for a date and everyone's different in this covid time we're doing a lot of based uh, we're doing a lot of FaceTimes or Zoom meetings for a first date. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had some people that actually do meet and go for a walk or, you know, maybe meet out to eat at a restaurant. So it just depends on the couple and what they're okay. going to. Everybody that I've been out with has been on a different level of safety. Everybody's a yeah. little different to where I've done some I've done some FaceTime dates, which one, one person did it really cute and sent me Uber Eats. So we were able to, like, eat over the FaceTime, which I thought was pretty cute. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, it was really cute. And I, I, it was points because it's like, oh, that's actually thoughtful. And this is a really cute way to do this. I, I liked that. So I thought it was, cool. yeah, so but yeah everybody idea. on a different level of safety on what they feel like they're feeling safe enough to go do. So did he get a second date or what happened with him? I still see him. Oh, nice. Nice. That's very thoughtful and generous and sweet. It, so it was nice. Um, yeah, and I would agree wholeheartedly that everyone is different on what they're open to. A lot of people want to meet, first of all, via FaceTime and um, or Zoom, and then they go and they'll meet maybe they'll meet in person. Well, then you can really check a person's vibe up front because I think yeah. you can really you can tell if you like someone over FaceTime. I've had some FaceTimes where I'm like very cheeky and having a really good time. So, um, and I'm not a FaceTime person. I feel like before COVID, I was so anti FaceTime. So yeah. now I'm now I'm super FaceTime uh, all the time. I actually have been an advocate for it for especially if you're doing online dating because there's so many fake people and scams. Yeah. So yeah, make- that's true too. Yeah, and you, as a female, too, you have to be careful. There's just, there's a lot of weirdos out there. So just by doing a FaceTime, you can actually 
I, I would say I would give less weight to the, yeah, it's, it's nice if you can connect, but sometimes people are just awkward and they don't look as good on, on yeah. time or, um, or Skype. I know it always makes my nose look bigger than it is. Oh, we, we look terrible <laughs> when we FaceTime one another and we're just trying to like run show notes or just having morning coffee and, you know, spouting off ideas. Most of the time we're just, we have a mutual agreement where it's like, just put your phone on the table. Like, don't even look at me because we both look terrible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I feel like the t- the times where I know I am gonna be on Facetime with a guy, I'm like, oh god, like let me just really try my best, and I think I've even found my best angle for yeah, one that's best first first. Yeah. Lighting's everything. You have to make sure you have a good light and have the the camera a little bit higher than eye level. So you're kind right, because of- if you're just kind of laying in your loungy position like you are when you're just chilling at home, it's not flattering. Like, it's just like, it's yeah. not a good look. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you're very comfortable today. And I also would suggest, you know, having a glass of wine or some beverage that's going to make you relax and kind of get you in that mind mindset. With your clients, like once they meet someone and they are kind of like feeling that person, how long is it before they leave your company? Like kind of kind of like when you stop dating once you're on a dating app and then you delete the app because you're now in a relationship. Like, is that how it works? Or Yeah, they um, can put their membership on hold and okay. pursue that relationship. Oh, I bet that's a happy moment for you as a matchmaker getting that Yeah. Email. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I because we both watched the show on Netflix, and I'm not sure if you watched it, but maybe as a matchmaker you have. But we are both kind of obsessed with dating around, and um, when they have that moment where the two people we can tell they have a spark, and we've been just like sitting on the couch drinking wine, we get so excited when we're watching people who have been put together fall in love. So I can't yeah. imagine being the person that actually does that job. I feel like oh. I'd just be so excited all the time. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, that's very. Really, that's really exciting. Yeah, that's why we do what we do. You know, it's yeah, it's a very rewarding occupation. That's for sure. Are there emotional like ups and downs with being a matchmaker? You know, I think we're right there alongside our clients. So, and they go through the same things anyone does. Right. And um, we are. We're also. I say we're we're dating coaches, but we're also cheerleaders. You know, it's helping people to put their best foot forward, but also maintain a positive attitude because it's easy. To, it is easy to get down and frustrated yeah. with dating, and that's why it's so much about um, perspective. Yeah, definitely, gotta have some perspective on the relationship. What's the shortest time it's taken you to match a couple? Oh, I've. I've hit the nail on the head on the first introduction <laughs> Ooh, good nice yeah that's so yeah. amazing that's that's when you're really tuned into your actual clients so yeah. that says a lot about you and how you do your business because you yeah. really have to be tuned into two people to say you know what no way yeah. like these two people are gonna kill it when i put them together but you can't predict chemistry so i've had yeah. many of couples where i that i set them up and i'm like yep this is it this is the one they're going to be fine. And then it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. And I was surprised. I'm like, huh, what do you mean? Wait, wait, right. It's like, wait, I know. No, no. I know that's <laughs> the one. I killed that. And they're like, no, but, and then I've also had, I had one client that I had probably set him up on over a dozen dates. But when I met 
the lady who's now is his wife. I knew it. And when I met her, oh, I was, that's amazing. And I, and I told her too, that would, which is really funny because I never would say this, but I told her, I was like, Oh no, your husband. And I kept talking, you know, if I was telling her about her upcoming first date with this guy and I'm like, your yeah. future husband, I kept saying, oh, that's so good. <laughs> Cause I knew it was going to work out. So it was kind of, it was funny. And she almost didn't go out with them too. So I'm glad they did. Obviously. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So are there clients that you don't take? Yeah. There's definitely people that like, a kid, I was talking about how some people have this mindset that it's like Amazon. You can just order up a person. Yeah. Some people that are just way too picky or they want something that is just not within their realm of possibilities you know I'm a matchmaker I'm not a miracle worker yeah I can't make (laughs) that is totally outside of your league you know fall in love with you and it's also you know people that have negative attitudes I think is a is a big thing because I can tell right away if somebody's going to be successful and that's based on how like open-minded they are. And have you guys watched that Netflix um, show with the Indian matchmaker? Yeah, I did. I did. I haven't seen that one. So, and um, I, I only watched the first couple of episodes, but there's two women that she's trying to match. And one of them right away when I saw her and I heard her talking, I'm like, she's an attorney. I knew right away she was an attorney. Sure, and sure enough, she was. And um, I could just tell from her personality type, and um, she's so picky. And I knew like there's that (laughs) person that I I wouldn't take her as a client because I know I can see how you. Yeah, some people it's like you can't. I know I'm not gonna be able to please you, so I'm not gonna put the effort in. I can't vibe with you. All right. Well, I mean, with her, she's she's so shut off and so picky and just a negative and looks for the what's wrong with people. If you're, if you go in with a negative mindset and you're like, okay, I need to figure out if I, if I need how I can disqualify this person, basically like I all I know, yep. They're not the one versus a giving mindset. And I would say the other lady, she goes in and she wants to just have a good time. She wants to make the other person feel her date feel good about himself and have him have a good time. And she's really loving and happy and smiling and just a positive mindset. And that's, she's somebody that I would totally work with in a second. I actually messaged her. I'm like, Hey, when you're ready, I want to, I want to set you up. Right. Yeah. I want to set you up. Please let me do it. Give me a shot. I got it. Is it, have you had to like fire clients before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For that exact reason that I was telling you, just saying, or I was after setting up on one date and then just hearing how negative they were, I was like, yep, you know what? I can't help you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Not, like, I could like, set you up with the perfect person and your mindset would ruin it. Yeah. They will find something wrong. It's, it is amazing. And see, that's why I didn't, I really wanted to wait until I felt like it would be fun to date after being divorced. Um, because I didn't want to go into it just ne- like in a negative mindset. I really do want it to be a good time. And it has been. It's been fun. And I just, um, I think it's not fun when you put a lot of expectation on it or when you go in, like, all these people suck, but I just don't want to be by myself. Like, yeah. I think those are the worst ways to start. Those are terrible ways to start. Well, right. And I just, it makes me think, okay, what makes you so much better amazing right there's something to be learned and 
gain from any interaction with anyone. Even it's giving you another perspective. Right. And that I think is, that's part of the fun of being in relationships or being friends with people. In just like casual dating situations, I I report back on all my dates to her because we've been best friends for a year. So I report back on all my dates. I have been on some dates where I'm like, oh my God, we think the same. Everything is the same. And I've been on some dates where it's like, oh my goodness, this person was so enjoyable to be around, but we don't have any of the same views. It's so strange. Yeah. Where it's just like, mind-blowing that I could enjoy myself with a person that has basically like none of my same points of view I've surprised myself in the whole process and that's what I wanted to learn do you see that people learn a lot about themselves through your process because I feel like I've learned a ton about myself just solo dating we do personality tests and values assessment assessments so that helps them to learn and it's it's not just learning about themselves, but it's it's understanding other people. It's important to to recognize that not everybody sees the world through your same lens. You know, yeah. it's right. environmental versus um, you know your nature versus nurture, right? So you are your personality that you're born with. You're predisposed a certain way, but then your environment and your experiences will lead you to look at the world a certain way. And so just understanding that everybody is different and that it's not necessarily wrong. It's just different. Right. And I, I have friends that I, I disagree about tons of things with them adamantly, but I really enjoy their perspective because I'm learning from it and it's, mm-hmm. it's just interesting and it helps me to expand my, my views on things. So they being so close minded. Some people that they only want to hang out with people just like them. It's like, well, right. you're, you just, you're not growing. And yeah, you'll always be the same that way. That's mm-hmm. no way to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's it's fun. I mean, my husband and I are to- are really different people. And that's part of why I liked him is because it just he brought different perspectives and just different experiences to my world and open and I as I did to him. So So you do feel like opposites definitely do attract more so than someone that a couple that has a lot in common or they, they like a lot of the same things. For sure. The main thing, though, that's important is that your values are the same. So, again, going back to the values, like if you want, if you both want to have kids, if you both um, think, you know, family is important or religion, you don't have to be of the same religion, but you have to have an understanding. So Right. And I think a lot of people get afraid to have those talks, too, where they, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to say that stuff out loud because... I don't want to make that person uncomfortable, but if you're aligned in your values, you're not going to make them uncomfortable. Right. So I think, I think that those are conversations that should be had up front that I think a lot of people oftentimes are like, Oh no, I'm so into them. And they leave like let the infatuation. I can hear the dog. What kind do you have? He's a a beagle lab mix. (laughs) And he, it's right around time to be fed. So he's oh, goodness. <laughs> this is like, come on, I'm, I'm hungry. We love dogs. Like, I was going to say, I know we're like coming to a close. Yeah. I've asked all my questions. I'm not sure if you have any more questions. No, I think they were kind of all covered throughout the whole thing. This was a pretty, this was a, a learning experience for me, even though I'm not in the dating world. So, so now that we know what you do and why you do what you do, we're going to put all your information in the show notes. And obviously we introduced you in the intro, but if you want to tell people where to find you and like plug yourself, now's the time. 
Yeah, definitely. Sounds, sounds good. Well, thank you. And thank you guys for having me. Um, if anyone wants to join Luma, they can go to our website at lumasearch.com. And it's L-U-M-A search.com. And Luma stands for Luxury Matchmaking. And they can just fill out the form and um, set up an appointment to speak with a matchmaker and go from there. Sounds great. Well, thank yeah, you so much awesome. for being on. I, I know I've learned a ton. I had some questions and they all got answered. We got to hear a very cute little love story. So I'm I'm happy. To, I'm very happy. I'm glad you were able to come on. And we got our Skype issue fixed up. Yeah, the only the only matchmaker we really know of is like Patty Stanger. So it was nice to talk to like an actual another matchmaker. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, All right. thank well, you. you. Go feed your dog and you have yeah. a great night. And thank you so much again. <laughs> thank you. All right, you guys take care. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that's the episode. Pup was definitely ready for food, and who are we to deprive him? <laughs> we can hear him dragging his food bowl across the floor like, ladies, please zip it already. <laughs> and the birds outside are like really wilding right now. So I guess it's just time to wrap it up i hope you enjoyed listening and as we sat and talked with april all about relationships and ways to make dating a more fun and relaxed experience rather than just checking off boxes on a list i'll leave all of her information in the show notes for you and you should definitely check her out especially if you're trying to get back out there on the dating scene we hope you enjoyed this episode and we can't wait to talk to you all next week Happy hump day. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all-new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola.